0: You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. All right. Woo. That's a good testimony. She, uh, Jessica let me know that uh, a few weeks ago. She gave me kind of the inside scoop. And I can't tell you how much just... Man, my my spirit came alive. We were we we were standing all last year um, during school with her and her family, and it's just I don't know. It's just such a it's when you get those those breakthroughs, you know, that you've been contending for. Man, that's for the body. That's for all of us. That's all of our victory. And so I just want to keep encouraging you to pray for them. Pray for just supernatural. Pregnancy and birth and health, and just I can't wait to see what that that little baby does um, because I know it's going to be a world changer and a, a bringer of revival. And so, anyway, we're just so thrilled. Like, it literally, I, 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 you know, when you hear a testimony and you can ride on it for a little while, when you're like, Oh my gosh, it's dry. It feels dry. But God did something good. I'm going to hold on to this. And it just fed my, it's just been feeding my spirit. Just like that is a, that's, that's the, the fist of the size of man's, you know, cloud the size of a man's fist. That's it. And we're getting breakthrough. We are in the time of breakthrough. And I just feel like that. And so I'm excited. And this is the first time in a long time that I've been really excited to speak on a Sunday. It's probably bad to say out loud. Usually Chris asks me and I'm like, oh man, Okay awesome and uh i don't really fully know where it's gonna go today um but i'm just ready to just see what the lord wants to do and yeah so i feel i feel like this i'm just gonna start here that around a week ago i think last saturday it just felt like there was a shift in the spirit. And I, I love what we've been going after the, the last couple of weeks, um, where you can just really feel like God's calling us deeper into something, into revival, into being uh, partnering with him on a new level. And um, starting with Leif and just, you know, last week with Scott, it was just like, it's been such a sweet presence. And it's been a, it's been a place where it's just really been drawing me personally deeper. But I feel like the Lord is, is really wanting us to wake up. He really wants us an alertness, a sobriety. And um, I think it was about last Saturday that I just felt something different in my spirit. Um, and so I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about what I feel like God is saying for right now, and I hope that's okay. Um, and I, I just invite you into this process of communicating with God just about, even about what I'm talking about, asking God, God, how do I, do I apply this to my life? How do I apply this to my life? What does this look like? Um, so so give me some grace as we try to figure this out together. But on Saturday, I felt this shift in my spirit where it was almost like if you were sleeping and somebody um, slammed the door in your house and you knew that you were there by yourself or somebody like shot a gun. Like I just woke up in my spirit and felt like I need, there's, there's, a, there's an alertness that the Lord's calling us to in this season. And that alertness um it, it felt like an urgency. It felt like um, the body of Christ has to be awake right now. Like we have to choose to be awake right now. And um, and it was a it was it was an invitation to be prepared to be about the Father's business. Um, and there was a there was a sobering alertness there. It was it was like a I have to I I need to line up with what God's saying. And I I don't feel like I haven't been in line with what God's saying at all but there's also been a lot of distractions there's been a lot of chaos around us as a as a body um, this last few years is i mean i don't know that i've i I've, mean my mom has talked about it and me and scott have talked about it. like i have never seen anything like this i've never seen society changing so fast or you know um the the just the yanking and the pulling and the confusion of what can be said and what should we be focusing on and what is okay and what is, what is our place in the body. Um, I've never seen it like I have in the last few years and I'm sure, or last year and a half really, and I'm sure a lot of you are probably in the same place like, wow, this just feels weird. This just feels crazy. The, Lord, the world has lost its minds, right? That's how, I, that's how my, our conversations are going at our house. Like what is happening right now? <laughs> and so I feel like there's just such an importance to line ourselves up with what God is saying right now. And um, there's a few different areas that I feel like the church has been kind of in. I feel like there is a there is a group of people who are pressing in and worshiping and going after revival and they're seeing like the plans that God has for us. And I feel like that's, you know, really what as, as a congregation, we're pushing into that. Like God, what does that look like for us to be revival? What does that look like for us to be your hands and your feet right now in this time? Um, and there's another part of the church where I feel like they're just, they're sleeping. They're happy to be sleeping. They don't, it's, you know, it's just chaos out there. (laughs) You know, when you're really just done and you're like, I would just rather just sleep through this, you know, anybody, I'm the only one being honest. Um, I feel like there's a portion of the church right now who's like, I am more than happy to sleep through this. I'm more than happy to not be aware of what's going on. Um. And then there's another part of the church. These are where I feel like there's three. The third is is like on the Matrix. You know, you got the red pill and the blue pill, right? Anybody? Uh, it's, not, it's not the Bible, but it's close. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. There's a lot of prophetic elements in the Matrix. I don't know. The Wachowski brothers say different, but I, I definitely see the prophetic symbolism in the Matrix. But there's this group of people who have gotten to the place where they 're like actually i 'd like to eat the blue, the blue pill like I just want to eat a steak and think it 's a steak. I just want to be fine with everything i don 't want to know i don't want to I don't want to be aware like the Afghan church underground church people are dying all this awful stuff's happening it 's just too much. Just give me the, the blue pill and let me go back to sleep. Let me just be completely absorbed in the matrix right And so I feel like it's really important right now that we be awake, that we be alert, that we not only be awake, but be in line with what God is saying during this time. And, you know, when that happened and I started feeling that shift in my spirit, it was almost like all of the excuses, they just don't, they don't matter. They don't matter. Like there, there is discouragement. There's... You know, real realities that we are all facing. Um, you know, in our own lives, and our own finances, and our own health, and our own, you know, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, not that that doesn't matter to God, because it does, and 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 He is going to be there in the midst of our struggles. But at the end of the day, I have to be in alignment with what He's doing. I can't be distracted. I can't afford to be distracted. By the chaos of the world or the chaos of my home or the chaos of my life like I have to be about the father's business because that's what Jesus said Jesus is our example right Jesus was about the father's business and so there's just this urgency I feel like in the in the in the spirit that we wake up and so we're gonna talk a little bit about that what does that look like and um, and practically and all those things but I think just starting for me, it started with a conversation. God, let me be soberly alert to what's going on in your in your realm. So I don't want to miss that. I want to be able to be available because I feel like the church is 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 being elevated it, it, it's being invited in to be elevated to be his hands and feet in this time. Yeah. to be His words in this time, yeah. to be His kindness, his heart, his love his forgiveness like we are the expression to the world right that is us that is our role and so you know if we're distracted by negativity or fear then we can't portray his heart so we got to get in line um are you guys still with me are you good okay All all right so um so about around the same time uh around the same time last week the lord showed me a vision of um a donkey with a telephone. And I was like, okay, cool. And so I felt invited to go read um, about Balaam. I can't ever say his name. Balaam? Balaam? Balulam? I don't know. Balaam and his donkey, right? We have, we have scriptural reference. The donkey talked in Numbers 22. I've read this story before, even though Numbers in Deuteronomy and Leviticus, some of these they get a little namey and intense for me. I mean, there's like chapters and chapters of stuff, names and stuff. And I'm like, oh, plans. Um, so it's not where I often land. I love, you know, I love reading First and Second Samuel. That's probably my, Samuel's my favorite. So I, I, if I'm going to the o- Old Testament, I'm probably going to, you know, land in Proverbs or David or talk about Samuel or something. But the Lord said, I want you to read about Balaam, Balaam and his donkey. And so I have, you know, I've read this story before. It's an interesting story. I know, like, a lot of people are like, well, if God can use, my mom you said this, if God can use a donkey, he can use me, right? <laughs> but it's more than just, it's so much more than just the donkey. And so we're going to talk a little bit about, um, about this story and about what God's saying through this to the church right now, I believe or at least to myself, maybe this whole message is for me and you guys can just go, oh, that's nice for you. Um, but I really do feel like it's what the Lord's addressing right now. So you should ha- guys should buy some of this cold brew, it's so good, from Alexander, he's, he's selling it in the lobby. Um, okay, so I'm just gonna give you a little context. This is when um, the Israelites have left Egypt, right? They're promised, trying to go to the promised land. They're spending 40 years wandering through the desert, um, and Moses is still with them. And so that, the reason I wanna highlight that is because I want you guys to understand the times that this was a really unique time. Um, they still had manna falling every day. Um, they still had the pillar by night and the, um, the fire by uh, night and the cloud by day guiding them. There's, they were a supernatural sign and wonder to the area around them. So um, when, when Balaam shows up uh, in this N- Numbers 22, this is, this is after two different victories that the Israel armies had. They were, they were just wandering, right? They're just, It's like if we all went out, we were just wandering. And we come to some neighborhood and somebody's standing up out there and we're like, hey, we just want to pass through. Like this is what they basically said to the kings. We want to pass through. We're not going to even let our animals drink out of your, you know, water. Like, we won't take anything. If they, do, if they do drink out of your water, we'll pay for it. Like, we are not a threat to you. We're just passing through. And then twice, two different nations um, decided, no, you're not passing through. And then they both, they all got killed and wiped out. Because that was what happened when you went against the Lord, you know, the Lord's chosen. And so, he, so he's been guiding them. And it must have been a crazy sight in my mind like seeing this nation wandering but having these supernatural things that were happening you know you know that was going around you know that people other countries were hearing about this that i mean it's obvious even if they could, didn't hear about it, they could see it there was a cloud it, it talks about the cloud being a cloud and fire in one where You know, by day, it looks like a cloud. By night, it's glowing from inside as a consuming fire. And it would protect them. It would guard them. It would, you know, block them from being seen from the enemy. So, you know, to me, in my mind, I'm like, why would people think that you could stand against that? Like, that's crazy, right? So they end up, I know this is a lot of, like, information, but I want you guys to have the context. They end up in the plains of Moab. Now, this is beside Jericho's. It's beyond the Jordan. And the king of Moab, Balak, saw all that the Israel armies had done to the Amorites, the people they just defeated, and he, they were scared. And so he hires this guy named Balaam. Now Balaam was a foreigner. Um, you know, I, I did a lot of research on him as much as I could. Um, they don't have a ton of backstory on him, but he was he wasn't from you know he wasn't from the Israel. Um, nation, I don't believe he was a foreigner and he was kind of a guy for hire like you could hire him uh, divination kind of thing where he would either he and he had a supernatural gift where whatever he blessed was blessed and whatever he cursed was cursed and so um, Balak Balak or whatever however you name say it, his name hired ba- Balaam Balak and Balaam <laughs> Balak and Balaam so and he's wanting them he's wanting Balaam to curse curse the Israelites um and so the elders came he prayed so this happens like a couple different times they come and he goes I'm gonna go pray and you stay the night I'm gonna go seek the Lord he goes and seeks the Lord he comes back and he's like I can't go with you God's blessed these people I can't curse them and then they send even more prestigious people to Balaam, and so Balaam's like, I don't think I'm gonna be able to go with you, but I'm gonna go pray. So he goes and he prays, and you know, the, this is this is his response. He said, um, Yeah, because this this king really wants him to come. He said, Let nothing I beg you hinder you from coming to me, for I will indeed honor you richly. So I'm gonna give you a lot of money, right? Um, and I will do whatever you say to me. Please come then and curse the people for me. And Balaam replied, um, Though Balak were to give me a house full of silver and gold, I could not do anything either small or great contrary to the command of the Lord my God. Sounds like pretty legit, right? It sounds like, oh, he's he's not for sale. He's going he's gonna to honor God. This is what he's saying to the king. This is what he's saying through his words. Um, and so... He prays again. God says, you can go with them. If they call you to go, you can go, but only speak the words that I speak to you. Okay. (sighs) Caught up. All right? You guys are so caught up now in this story. So good. So Balaam arose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the leaders of Moab. Why? Because God said he could go, right? Now, let's, let's just see what happens in this next verse. But God was angry because he was going. And the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. Ever been on a mission with the Lord where God's like, go, and then you're like, I'm going, and you feel like, what the heck? I feel like everything's not working out. It's not against me. (laughs) Why, Lord? First of all, God didn't call him to go originally. He asked, and he, anyway, whole other side note of trying to get our way, but he's going, right? And God said, okay, go now God is angry with him so I was like reading this going what the heck Lord this is so weird like but I I feel like this happens you know sometimes in life and so anyway there's just a small side note if you feel like God is against you in a season it's a great time to invite him in closer it's a great time to to go okay God show me what I need to do in the season because I want to be in alignment see we're talking about alignment this morning Um, So he, God's angry. He sends a big old angel to stand in the way against him. Balaam doesn't know. He's riding his donkey. Also, side note, if you want to laugh, if you have a junior high sense of humor like I do, (laughs) and you like to giggle when it comes with, with the Lord, I was reading the strong concordance of this in, um, in, uh, James, King James, and they used the proper word for donkey, and I just was giggling the whole time. It's just like, <laughs> he, smote his, he smote his donkey. But it was just funny. Anyway, read it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, read it, and you'll laugh. Um, yeah, I was just dying. I was dying. I was sitting by myself laughing like a junior high schooler, like, <laughs> smote his donkey. But the real word, the real word. <laughs> okay, so when the donkey sees the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his sword drawn in his hand, So that angel wasn't messing around. I mean, he's got a sword drawn. He's, 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 you are coming the wrong direction. Um, the donkey turned from, from the way and went to the field. And Balaam struck the donkey, turned her back into the way. And then the angel of the Lord stood in the narrow path of the vineyards with the wall on this side and a wall on that side. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pressed herself against the wall and pressed Balaam's foot against the wall, and he struck her again. And then the angel of the Lord went further and stood in the narrow place where there was no way to turn left or right. So it's like an alley. There's no way to go around at this point. The, the donkey can't dodge the angel, it's like, I will, I will directly run into you if I keep going, right? There's no way to turn right hand or left hand. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. And so Balaam was angry and struck the donkey with a stick or smote it, smote it. The Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and she said to Balaam, what have I done to you that you would strike me these three times? And then Balaam said to the donkey, because you have made a mockery of me, if there had been a sword in my hand, I would have killed you by now. Okay, first of all, another side note. Not only is the donkey talking, but the donkey's doing math. Because he's saying, you hit me three times. (laughs) There's like a lot of supernatural. I mean, he doesn't even recognize it. He doesn't even like go, whoa, you're talking to me. Like it's like a normal thing not only are you talking to me you're doing math you're, this is amazing he doesn't care he said I would have killed you if I had a sword in my hand okay um, in the Balaam the donkey said to Balaam am I not your donkey on which you have ridden all your life to this day have I ever been accustomed to do so to you and he said no and the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his dr- drawn 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 sword in his hand and he bowed all the way to the ground and the angel of the lord said to him why have you struck your donkey these three times behold i have come out as an adversary because your way was contrary to me but the donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times if she had not turned aside from me i would surely have killed you just now and let her live (laughs) this is in the bible i'm not making this up Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, "I have sinned, for I did not know you were standing in the way against me. Now, then, if I was displeasing to you, I'll turn back." But the Lord of the angel, the angel of the Lord, said to Balaam, "Go with the men, but you shall speak only the word which I tell you." So Balaam went along with the leaders of Balak. Now, I want to break down a little bit um, what's going on in this chapter because it's seemingly confusing that the Lord would say you can go, then get mad, then send an angel against. You know Balaam and he kind of seems like he's trying to follow God right in these scriptures but what he's addressing what God is addressing I believe that when Balaam went out God saw what was in his heart he's he heard see God sees what we hears what hear what we say but he sees what's in our heart and there's been something that's going around in the last 10 years but especially it feels like it's getting more and more and more that we can do and act and be and treat people however we want to, and God's not going to be upset about the things that are happening in our heart. And I'm just here to tell you that's not true. God cares about what's coming out of your mouth. He cares about the response of anger. that he, you know, Balaam said, I would kill you if I had a sword in my hand. That feels escalated. <laughs> that feels wrong. But we we have life gives us these opportunities to see what's in our heart. You know, for me, if I'm driving, somebody, you know, cuts me off or or rear, you know, comes. Up. This is the worst for me. I know me and Scott talk about driving stuff a lot. This is our this is our invitation. We just invite the Lord right now into our lives. <laughs> that we would be, if somebody comes flying up on your rear and his tail, you know, whoo. <clears throat> Ooh, if I had a sword in my hand, I would knock you senseless. Just seriously. It, it, and it comes out, right? It just automatically comes out and you're like, whoa. Whew. I didn't know that was in my heart. Go to a restaurant with people and you will learn so much. I, I can tell all I need to know about somebody, which is, I, I, you know, I try not to. And I don't watch on purpose. But if, you go to, if I go to a restaurant with somebody and they're awful to the waitress or waiter it shows me so much about them and so we have opportunities in our life all the time to treat people kind or to have a response or to you know if i have a response out of anger because my salad came wrong whoo something's something's in there that i need the lord to come in and do something Ooh, it's a heavy message i know but this is what the lord is saying right now he cares about what's in our heart he doesn't it's not just about being called it's not just about being gifted. We have to have the character and the integrity and the heart of God. And so I just, I feel like for so long we've focused on other things and there are so many things in the Bible to focus on. But to me, this is one of the most important things is your character, is your heart, is the way you're responding. Is it lined up with Jesus? Um, and so this is what he's, he's responding to this. this, this This little verse right here that says, I have come out as an adversary because your way was contrary to me. There's two verses that go along with that verse that you can look up. One is Proverbs 12, 10. It says, a righteous man has regard for the life of his animal, but even the compassion of the wicked is cruel. What a weird comparison. That even the compassion of the wicked is cruel. Okay, that's interesting. So Matthew 15, 19. For out of the heart came evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false, false witness, and slanders. See, he puts that all on the same level, <laughs> which I feel like a lot of people are uncomfortable with. But they're all out of the same part of our heart. He it says, these things which defile, these are the things that which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile the man. So God has put the, there's two references here that go along with the scripture that that have to do with our heart. See, I believe that God was coming against what was in Balaam's heart. And after this verse, he goes on to meet with the the, um, king. And again, seemingly seems okay. He accepts If you read, he's making, so the king um, Balak has him come, and he has him, he builds seven altars, he does seven sacrifices, because back in the Old Testament, they did sacrifices. But he's doing them on the altar of Baal. Seeking the Lord from doing sacrifices on the altar of Baal. Do you see the... They're starting, you're starting to see a different picture, right, of like, oh, his character, his integrity, his alignment with God, there's so much compromise mixed in here, and I believe right now the church is full of compromise, that we've been like, oh, it's okay if we seek terror cards, it's okay if we go to psychics, it's okay, as long as, you know, as long as we're communicating with Jesus too, and you have this whole weird spiritualism that is not biblical, and we have to be biblical, We have to be, he has to be our source. And so he's doing, he does this three times where he goes up and he makes these sacrifices um, and Balak has him come to make these sacrifices so that he can curse the Israelite armies. And all three times he goes, you know, he does the sacrifice, goes to seek the Lord and ends up blessing the the Israelite armies. And so Balak is really frustrated, you know, because he's like, I brought you and I'm telling you, I'm going to pay you. I'm going to pay you well. And so seemingly Balaam does what he's supposed to do for the Lord, right? Cuz he said I'm not going to say anything that you wouldn't say. I'm not going to do anything that you wouldn't wouldn't do. But sneakily after he blesses them three times and prophesies over them three times, he teaches Moses talks about this. And in um I'm going to get the right verse. I want to get the right verse. Moses talks about this in 25, it's talked about in Numbers 25, and it's talked about in 31 as well. But what he actually did is Balaam taught the king how to deceive the Israelites. He blessed them with one in, you know, from the, from the mountaintop, but he actually sat with the king and taught them, this is what you need to do to get Israelites to fall. You need to teach, you need to teach your women how to seduce them and you need to get them to eat your sacrificed food um, that would have been sacrificed to the idols. And so you see it a few chapters later where they are now being deceived, is being deceived, and this whole plague comes on them, 25,000 of them die. And in that moment, I think that they start to realize oh, we've been deceived. They turn back to God and then they go kill everybody, of course, because it's the Old Testament and that's what they did, including Balaam. And so Balaam dies by the very thing that he set out you know, the very thing he did ended up killing him, which was compromise. And it's talked about it talks about this in Revelations. Um, and it, it addresses the church of Pergamum Pergamum. I know, right? They don't make it easy here saying the names. So we got Revelations 2.12. Oh, I haven't marked. It says, um, I have, you know, he the, all the revelations on the churches, the, the message to the different churches, you know, it kind of starts out, uh, you know, you did this good or this, you didn't do good or whatever. Um, and it says, but I have a few things against you. Because you have there some who hold the teachings of Balaam, who kept teaching Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel and to eat things sacrificed to idols and commit acts of immorality. And then it goes on to some other things. And I just think it's so interesting that there Balaam is again in Revelations. And I feel like God is just, he's, he's, He's calling us deeper. He's calling us into a place that we can't compromise, that we can't sit with people and be like, oh, you know, every way leads to God. Everything, you know, spiritual, everything's spiritual. Or it's, you know, it's okay to to be living a compromised um, lifestyle as long as you love Jesus. And I just want to say, you can't live a life unto Jesus if you're compromising. If you know that you're compromising, if you have compromise in your life and you're just entertaining it, that you are separating yourself from fullness. And God has called us into fullness. And this isn't a message to shame anybody. It's not a message to shame myself. It's an invitation to go deeper. You know, the New Testament church, when we, when we said yes to the new covenant, praise Jesus, that he brought the new covenant and the abundance and the grace to live out the new covenant, it doesn't erase all the things that were important to God. You know, the thing I love about reading the old covenant is you see so much that was important to the Lord. Those things didn't change. He didn't stop caring about our heart. He actually cares now more about our heart because we have more Authority and more ability to walk in grace and fullness and awareness. And so um it's it's actually, you know, it talks about this in the New Testament that it, it's actually you're above the law now. You're not under the law, which was oppressive, you're above it. But that doesn't erase it. It doesn't erase what matters to the Lord. Amen? Who's quiet in here? So there's a couple of things that stood out to me about this first of all i had no idea that's how the story ended i just thought "Yeah, it worked out you know they blessed the, they blessed the israelites okay he did bless the israelites but he also caused a whole lot of harm to the israelites so a few things that popped out of this story to me that i feel like we can apply to ourselves um number one is we can't be for sale We can't be for sale as a people, as a church, as, you know, we can't go into a road of, you know, trusting some other source other than Jesus, which is basically why you would be for sale, (laughs) right? I, you know, if you you had a need that God couldn't fulfill, then you would start to look outside of that. What is happening? It's like disco. (laughs) So I want to encourage you, all those places inside of you, Pop up, sometimes they pop up with, ooh, if I knew this person, or if this person saw me, or if I had access here, or if my voice just got on this show, or if I just, it's just, it's just the truth. If I had influence, and I'm willing to sell myself to get it, that's, then I'm for sale. If I need to be looking outside of God as my source, what is happening <laughs> This is really lord just highlighting it. So, anyway. it's distracting um so don't be for sale i mean scott and i have had so many times where we just made this commitment we are not going to be for sale and that what that looked like for us as influencers as somebody that says you know we are surrendered to the lord we're pastors you know what that's looked like for us is i'm not going to take an opportunity based on what i'm going to get out of it i'm only going to take an opportunity if god says i can take that opportunity. And so we, we've had so many times where we've been tested in this where people have tried to like offer us influence or offer us money or, you know, especially Scott because Scott is like, and he's influencer to the max, you know, and he's got crazy favor. And so I remember we even sat down with somebody here in Atlanta and um, there was this whole thing. It was just like, It's seemingly like this, oh, it's going to be great, you know, like, we want you to come and minister to our business, and, you know, we'd love to bless you, we'd love to bring you, you know, all this stuff in. And so we sat down with this person and had a conversation, because I'm like, I just, we just don't know, we just kind of, you can feel it, like, it feels like there's some hooks in there, like, that doesn't feel like a free blessing, that feels like you want something, there's an agenda, and we just can't afford to serve anybody's agenda, We have to be in line with God. And so we sat down with this guy. And it takes, it doesn't take me long to ask the right questions. I just have a, I don't know. I have a gift to make people manifest. Small talk. talk. Very like, I mean, I feel like I could sometimes just be like, how's your day? And it's, you know, oh, what a gift. What a gift it is. What a gift. But. in in this conversation that lasted probably 10 minutes before he started manifesting, um, it was, and it ended like, okay, it's pretty obvious that you have your, an agenda. And, um, because the way you're reacting is, it was like this, if I had a sword in my hand, I'd kill you. Oh, look at that. There's something there. Um, So we left, and then, like, Scott had a conversation with him, like, right after, and he's like, you should divorce your wife because, you know, basically probably because he just didn't like me, but I'm like, oh, yeah, he was trying. Divorce your wife. leave Leave her and come join this, you know, company and be my, bless what I'm blessing, basically. Bless what I'm blessing. Curse what I'm cursing. She's obviously not along for the ride. We've got lots of, you know, and it was like, really easy to see oh you're not lined up you're not lined up with the gospel of jesus christ jesus would never tell you tell someone to divorce his wife for having a voice and opinion and a brain in her head but so anyway we have had this over and over and over again and it just reaffirms in me i'm not for sale I cannot be bought. My influence can't be bought. My words can't be bought. My blessings can't be bought. Whew, and it's so good. So I just wanna just reaffirm that in you. I'm telling you, Balaam could be bought. That's what was wrong with this scenario. He could be bought. He wanted influence. He wanted to be uh, relevant. You had these influencers come in. How often are we bought by influence? I'm seeing it, especially in this generation. Oh, I'll sell my soul for TikTok. Can I be an info? Can I have you know 10 million views? Oh, now I'm relevant. Now I'm important. And you're not if you're not under alignment with God. <laughs> Whew. Um second, how you treat people matters. We've talked about that, but also. They' the people in our lives that are there to help us. you know? Sometimes those are the people that we turn on the fastest: the, the family members, the parents, the friends, the kids, the pastors, the teachers. Hey, I'm just here to help you. I would kill you if I had a sword. <laughs> OK. Whoa. There's a little little something there. So be careful at watching our, your heart in this season on how you're responding to the people that are trying to help you, people that are, have been loyal, people that you shouldn't be getting angry at. Like, I feel like these, these people are really good thermometers for what's going on in our heart because they're the easiest ones for us to just go, bleh, right? See. So be careful that you don't try to kill somebody that the Lord sent to help you. The donkey saved his life. Three times. And it, you know, I think sometimes even like as pastors especially, we need to be aware that the people in our congregation, like they're they're there to be to be blessed by us. Like we sometimes I think our employees, sometimes our congregation, our family members, all of this, it all it all sometimes strikes a nerve and we have to go, oh, this person the Lord sent me. You know, I think there's gonna be a lot of pastors standing before the Lord going, I'm sorry that I didn't utilize who you sent me. I'm sorry that I disrespected the people that you sent me. That's heavy, I think about that a lot. I've thought about that for years. Like that is a real thing, stewarding who God has put in your life. Like these are the people, the people closest to us, these are the people that we need to be really being intentional with, you know? so if you you know if you're seeing that anger or that frustration or that thing come up during your day just going okay god bring me into alignment with you um and then the third you know not having that compromise not having that that mixed message that doesn't line up with scripture i've said this you know um i've said this the last few months i think that we um thank you and now I've forgotten what I was going to say. Oops. I know I've been saying it the last few minutes, and so now I can't think what, it's gonna, what it was. That might have been it. Okay. So, you know, just not having a, a, a message that's in our lives that, that I remembered what it was, that has compromise in it, and we have to be in the Word. You know, I'm, I'm so surprised nowadays people... Are not in their word we are as a generation we are just getting farther and farther away from the word we'll hear sermons we'll listen to ted talks we'll have these you know these conversations of theory or thought or you know complex you know let's let's think about it let's talk about all these deep things but we're not in the word and so then we don't understand what god's asking us to do and we get deceived be in your word your word is not the word is not just to be brought to you on a Sunday, or in a TED Talk, or in a thought, or in a, on a video, like, you have to be in your word for yourself, because I think in this season, first of all, we're so blessed to have the word of God, and access to the word of God, and, and, you know, we need to, we need to treasure that, but second, like, the word of God convicts, so when you're reading, you're, it's like a, it's like a slap to the spirit sometimes, where you're like, it's like hey. <laughs> Remember when you've been saying like, you can do this and it's okay? Like this is where it says right here, it's not. <laughs> and if we're not in the word, then we're just cherry picking what we wanna hear. And we're not actually understanding the heart of God. If we wanna serve God, we need to understand the heart of God. We need to know what makes him happy, what he, he asks of us, what he wants us to do and who he wants us to be, amen? And so be in your word. Um, I mean, people are dying. For just having the the Bible app on their phone in Afghanistan, like, and we are so blessed. This is what I'm talking about when I say that we're in a place of just sleep. We are so blessed that we could even worship together on a Sunday. Like, we can't take this for granted. We can't get to a place of of just going, oh, you know, it's just another it's just another Sunday, or this is just what's expected, or it's a right. It's actually not around the world, and there's people all over the world that are standing up for the conviction of the gospel and dying. And I just, I, you know, I'm just wondering, like I was, obviously I know we've probably uh, hopefully all been thinking and praying for Afghanistan and it's not just in Afghanistan. It's all over the world. It's China. It's, um, you know, Iran, it's all over. And man, we just have to be aware that, I was just thinking, what would happen, like, if that happened here? What would happen if that happened here? Would people erase their Bible app and pretend that they don't know Jesus and all of a sudden it's just distance from the church? And, I mean, what would happen to us? Like, we are crying and grieving over stupid things all the time as a society. Just, you know, just everything's an injustice and everything's a, you know, everything's an entitled right and everything else. What would happen if that happened here? I don't think that a lot of us are strong enough to stand in the face of that kind of adversity and and be bold for Jesus. And that's what my concern is. My concern is we have to be ready. Not that that's gonna happen here. God, God, no, please no, Lord. But if it did, I would still wanna stand strong in my belief for Jesus. I still would wanna boldly preach the gospel, boldly expect him to move just like they are. It's amazing that people are laying down their life right now all over the world. <gasps> and I just, I feel just this call of the Lord that says, you know, that, that's important for all of us. It's not just important for the underground church. It's important for all of us because if I am afraid of standing boldly in front of somebody who is threatening me um, against my faith, I'm probably not gonna go out and pray for somebody just on a regular day either, you know? It's the same vein of thought like you either are bold and on fire or you're not Jesus either moves through you and is 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 you are expecting him to be moving and touching people and loving people through you or you're probably not doing anything and it's just one or the other and so we have to just start to move forward in our faith we have to start move forward and ask God and that's what I'm asking you to ask him this week how can I move forward in my faith? How can I move forward in my belief of of what you say about me and what you say about the church here, Lord, and, and the people, Lord? What, how can I join in with you? And it's so important in this season. And I think sometimes when it comes to other countries, like Afghanistan, we kind of, for me, maybe it's just me, I just think, oh, you know, I, don't, I haven't been there. So I don't know what it's like there. I don't know, you know... Um, I haven't, I haven't known like what normal looks like there. So maybe this is normal for them. It's not. I was reading today. I was wondering, so I'm just reading today. You know, since the 90s, they have been progressively liberating women. They're in school, they're in college, you know. So it would be literally like if that happened to a Western country. It'd be like if that happened here. And all of a sudden, none of the women in here can have a voice. None of the women in here can, can say, um, can, can go to school anymore. We all have to be silent. And and I won't even get into everything that's happening there. Um, But I just just want to encourage you guys, like, wake up. We have to wake up. We have to get about the Father's business. We have to be praying for these countries. We have to be partnering and covering and caring. You want to know how I know society is breaking down? People don't care. People don't care about each other as much as they did before. I was just reading this thing on um, I was just reading this news article about something that happened here in Atlanta and it's heartbreaking to me to hear the comp to read the comments and to see the breakdown of of just having a a heart in your chest and caring about people and I I don't want to get into all of it but it's it's all over everywhere like if you look at you know any news story read the comments you can see the thermometer of humanity this woman, this woman had gotten murdered in our city, and people were just making fun of her, making fun of the situation, making fun. It's like what? Brutally, brutally murdered this woman, and her dog, and people were just making comment after comment after comment that was so unhuman that it, it concerns me. It concerns me as a country that we, and it's not just it's it's not just out there <laughs> that we so flippantly just speak whatever we want out of, our, out of our faces. And that's what I'm saying. We have to line back up with what he's saying. We are meant to be love on this face of this earth. We have to care about the things he cares about. One of the ways you can know you're sleeping is you just don't care. Wake up. It's a choice. We have to wake up and go, God, I, do you care about this situation? If he cares about it, we need to care about it. And I know that that can be exhausting. I'm not telling you, you know, like, exhaust yourselves. Pray unceasingly. Like, never stop coming out of your prayer closet. That's not what I'm saying. But I do feel like we need to care about what he cares about. He cares about the underground church. He cares about people being martyred. He cares about women being enslaved and children being sold. He cares about that stuff. And if we don't care about it, that's a problem. So I just feel, I know this is a lot. I know it's a lot. This is what's been going on in my spirit and my heart and my brain, is not to take on more than he's asking me to take on, but being aware, I mean, just simply being aware of what's on the Father's heart. God, what's on your heart? What do you want me to pray? Who, Who are you highlighting today? I can't save the world. I'm not Jesus but I can partner with him and I can pray and I can be his hands and feet and I can go where he tells me to go. And so can you, so can everybody here in your own area do what he's put on your heart to do. And we need to be praying for an awakening. I believe that God, yeah, thanks. You can jump on there. God, um, God is stirring us. He's stirring us to be, um, to be sober minded about about what he's calling us to be doing right now. And um, so I just wanna pray over you guys. I hope that this made sense. Um, I wanna also pray just for a boldness because I feel like he's wanting to release a boldness. So yeah, you can start playing, Stephen, and I'm just gonna pray. So Lord, I thank you, God. I thank you for this this church, God. I thank you that this church has a heart for you, Lord. They have a heart to see their neighbors come to you, their family come to you, Lord. They wanna see society shifted. And Lord, I just, we invite you. We invite you into our spirits, God, into our hearts, Lord, that you would awaken us, Lord, that you would show us, Lord, if there's any areas of compromise, if there's any area of mixed, Um, theology or mixed um, ideology God that you would start to show us that we could we could release those things to you Lord because we we want to not only be called Lord we want we want to not only be gifted but Lord we want character God we want your heart Lord we want to say what you say and do what you say us for us to do God and not compromise in that Lord it's not enough for us to bless publicly and curse silently Lord it's not enough for us to, 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 to be a, a sign, but, but then behind closed doors, not have your heart. God, we have to have your heart. We have to have your heart. And Lord, all of the areas, Lord, that we can speak your words and join with you, Lord. I just pray that your Holy Spirit would be in us, Lord, that we would see those opportunities, Holy Spirit, that you would awaken us, God. Awaken us with your kisses, Lord. Awaken us with your goodness, God, because you are good and you are faithful, Lord. But awaken all those areas to a place that we're not complacent anymore, Lord. Those places that we've been stagnant, Lord, and complacent. God, breathe your life into those areas. God, those places that we have hate in our heart, Lord, that we respond out of hate, that we respond out of anger, Lord, Lord, start to shift those areas in our heart, because those are indicators that something's not aligned with you. And I, God, I know that you care about those things. So God, just start to infiltrate, infiltrate every part of us, Lord, our thoughts, our heart, our minds, God, give us dreams in the night, Lord, that we be encouraged, Lord. Let us partner with you through with prayer, Lord. I pray even right now for the Afghan country, Lord, and the underground church there. God, I pray that you would, like you did the Israelites, you cover, you covered them by day with a cloud, Lord, and you you blinded the enemy at night with your fire. God, I pray for supernatural signs and wonders to surround your people, Lord. God, let the, what the enemy meant for bad, Lord, Lord, let it be good, Lord. Let it, let it raise up more and more and more believers, God. Let there be such a supernatural sign and wonder through, through your people there that the whole Taliban army gets saved, God. God, what they meant for evil, God, I pray that you would awaken them awaken their heart, convict their heart, Lord. And we invite, Lord, right now, God, we invite your conviction to our hearts, God. Conviction's a scary word, but it doesn't, it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be, I turn away from this direction and I go back the direction that I'm supposed to be going. So Lord, guide our feet. Guide our feet, Lord. That we would go the direction you're going, Lord. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you are enough. That we live for you, Lord. And if we if we die, we die for you. And I pray that that would be the, the cry of the church, Lord, that they would love their lives not unto death, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Put a boldness, Lord, a Holy Spirit supernatural boldness, Lord, on this people. That nothing, Lord, when fear would show up, that it would actually ignite a boldness in us. If there's a situation that you're facing, I just speak a boldness where the fear rests. I speak a boldness that the God would raise up a righteous boldness in you. That you would know the direction of the Lord for your life because the boldness is saying, nope, this way. We're not going to compromise. Bless, 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 Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I just wanna invite you guys up. If you wanna come pray, if you wanna, I know that was a lot of information. If you wanna come just speak to the Lord about that or get prayer for something else, um, I'll invite our, our team up to, to do that, to pray for you guys. If you wanna just come and s- lay down on the front, you can do that too. But this is a time that God has, has called every single one of us in here to be bold and to be radical and to not compromise. we're not supposed to go backwards. We're supposed to go forwards in our faith. So, bless you guys. If you want to come pray, come pray. If you want to go home, go home. But we love you. We'll see you next week. For more resources and information about Resurgent ATL, please visit our website.